0: Hi, welcome to PhD Rhapsody,
1: an honest podcast about PhD's life where we share our stories, some experiences and funny moments. Here we talk how PhD changed our life, share our fears
2: and achievements during our scientific research. I'm Martin, I'm Vilde, I'm Alpina.
3: My name is Henrietta um, and I, so I'm originally from Norway, but right now I'm doing my PhD in Sweden um, and I'm actually in my fifth year uh, because of the way that things work in Sweden. Um, But I did, so I did my undergrad and my master's actually in the UK um, before coming here. So I've been living away from Norway for a while. Um, I miss it a bit <laughs> uh, and I'm an archaeologist uh, but I do so I do field work uh, mostly in East Africa and that's what I specialize in um, looking at uh, social inequality and slavery and questions about um, identity really in archaeological materials that's... and I'm about to finish my PhD actually I should hand in in about five months I
1: think mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, a bit scary. Yeah, I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already overdue. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so, <laughs> I think most people are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's really hard to uh, to stick to a timeline. I think.
1: Yeah, but yeah, your PhD is five years. Is are all PhDs five years in Sweden?
3: No, wow. they. Uh, so, yeah, so I was quite lucky. So uh, all PhDs in Sweden are four years uh so i think that's a year longer than in norway right
1: yeah in norway there are three or four if you have mandatory teaching exactly so that i sort of have mandatory teaching or other admin work um so
3: basically anything that you do for the university counts towards that extra year um which has been great i mean it's yeah it's it's nice to know that you have employment for five years it's quite a long time Mm -hmm. it's strange that it's gone so quickly
1: Yeah, these past three years when I've been doing my PhD has just flown by. It's crazy.
3: Yeah, it is crazy. Yeah, I think so much is happening while you're doing a PhD as well. Like you sort of I mean, while you're doing it, it might feel like it takes a long time, but but you experience so much that it just feels like it's flown by. It's crazy. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, actually, last uh, Monday was three years when I arrived oh, wow. to Norway so yeah. I remember uh, I was arriving to Norway and I was thinking oh these three years like it's such a long time and yeah. uh, here we are three years later and it's
3: it was it passed so quickly yeah it's funny I've been looking at postdoc positions and and if it says you know two years or something I just think oh, such a short time like yes. it's nothing what can you really do in in two years
1: Yeah, you used the first year just getting into stuff and get to know the city and the people and what you're supposed to do. And then the second year you like start to do stuff and then suddenly you only have one year left. Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) But when did you start teaching?
1: Straight away
3: or? Yeah, it was straight away. uh, I think, yeah, I had my first lecture, I think a few months after I started. Wow. Yeah, that was, I mean, I felt like I was just being thrown into it, um, and it's been, you know, it's been a learning curve. I don't think the first lecture that I did was very good. Actually, I, I know it was not very good, um, and I did it in Norwegian, which obviously in, should be okay in Sweden, but it wasn't. I don't think the <laughs> students really understood anything, so after that one, I actually started doing all my lectures in English. Mm. Okay
2: yeah you didn't have uh, previously any experience teaching
3: i no not really i mean i had just before i started my phd i was at a i sort of helped supervising a, a field school um so there was sort of teaching in that but it doesn't really feel like teaching it's a very different atmosphere i think uh to teach in that way so this was the first time i'd done you know the straight lecture sort of teaching um and it's, it's a very odd way i think of trying to teach anyone anything i i just remember being a student myself and not really enjoying lectures very much and i think i just i just remember that um but i think of course some students probably learn quite well from lectures
0: what kind of topic do you teach is it like a bachelor course or a... Or practical oriented or lecturing?
3: um, It's a bit of everything. I did a field school in Sweden as well. So that's obviously very practical. Um, So that's when when we'd go out and and have excavations. So it's basically just sort of being on site um, and and helping the students with their excavations and answering questions and things. Um, But then they, (laughs) it's funny because I feel like they've sort of, I'm one of the few people in my department who do um well i guess it falls under global archaeology but obviously i do east african archaeology so they tend to throw things at me that that is just global you know anything that is different <laughs> from what they do so i get anthropology uh, a lot which is you know not really something that i <laughs> do um yeah so i've had a few anthropology uh, courses. And then the, yeah, anything that has to do with sort of global issues and heritage and things like that. But it's been great, because I've actually learned a lot from, from doing them, so I'm quite happy about that. And obviously, I, I teach some African archaeology courses as well.
1: It sounds Me? like you do a lot of teaching. But I got interested or curious, when you go out in the field and take like undergraduate students to do archaeology, and you, I guess, you dig for stuff, or? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm really I, curious. Are what, you what Indiana are you Jones? Is the like, question. Yes, yes, yes. Tell and us do you about go to, like, your stuff? real sites, or do you go out in the field and like hide something first and <laughs> then find it? So, <laughs> <I> guess...
3: <laughs> uh, no, they're real sites. Um yeah so to be honest i'm not even the best person to answer how exactly it all works because in sweden it's very um strict uh obviously what you get to go and excavate but um but so the the university or our department really has a site that we've been allowed to dig at um it's uh i mean there's different time periods but i think it's a sort of iron age viking period site Um yeah, so we take the students there, um, and basically just sort of let them dig. Because
1: hmm. I guess they have yeah. to be quite careful, because yeah, what they if they do something wrong, yeah, and some b- yeah.
2: bones or. Uh, with, uh, I mean, I mean
1: that's that's why we're there as well. Like,
3: so when I was doing this, it's it's been a few years since I did the field school, actually. But um, we were three teachers, I think, to less than 30 students um and the way it was set up was that we had um some undergraduate students who'd never dug before and then we had master's students who supposedly had dug before who were supervising them and then we were supervising the master's students so there was you know there was supposed to be quite a lot of supervision by people who knew what they were doing yeah. um and archaeology is quite slow i think it's hard for students to make any serious mistakes because you work in such a slow way. You know, you're when you excavate a trench, you, you're supposed to just be really careful and slow. And so there's not really that much opportunity for students to make mistakes. I think the biggest problem is the lack of recording. Like they forget that so they actually have to record every step of the way. Um, so, but you know, I think I think the the benefit outweighs the the cons. I guess with this, like it, it's such a good way for students to learn how to do archaeology. Like it's really the only way that you can properly learn how to do archaeology is by going out and actually digging a real site. Because you know, learning about this kind of stuff in a in a classroom just isn't the same. Yeah, um, you have to go out there and get dirty. But how exactly. do you do the digging, by yeah, the way? Is yeah. it do is it kind me...
0: of like the Jurassic Park part when they just use toothbrushes?
3: Um so it's basically exactly like what you would see on TV, I guess. I mean, I don't I can't really think of anything that um you would see on Norwegian TV, but there is a this British TV show called the Time Team where they show you um how excavations were done. Basically you use um a trowel like a little you know a little spoon thing uh and you basically just pull soil away very very slowly and yeah you do use brushes sometimes um but also i know if you work in commercial archaeology basically where you do like massive digs before they build roads or whatever they actually use like proper machinery like big diggers and whatever so i think the way that we do it is quite old school but it's fun like you get a proper feel for the archaeology that way and i think the students either love it or they hate it <laughs> <laughs> and it's good for them to find out quite early on i guess if they're gonna hate it then there's no point
1: yeah but i watched uh, the dig this weekend the movie yeah it was so well yeah
2: (laughs) is it good from archaeology point of view like is it right Uh, oh
3: i remember thinking oh this is really boring it's exactly how it should be (laughs) (laughs) um i yeah i think it is good the only thing that surprised me is that you know uh, we still use a lot of the same techniques and this is you know the film is set in the 40s i just think oh we haven't really yeah. come that far but i mean i guess it's a good sign it means that maybe they were doing it really well mm. back then mm. do you have like,
2: do you technology use
1: technology and do you like, use like, scanner scans. yeah that's what i'm st- yeah we take a lot
3: of we basically steal a lot of um, skills and technology from other fields like uh, geology especially i think um actually not that i know that much about those things i'm very old school (laughs) um but there is i mean there's lots of new technology that that we use now as well there's um that you know there's ways of i mean i guess you must use this as well where you basically use different machinery to sort of look into the ground to see what's underneath before you start digging and um yeah so there's there's a lot of new cool techy stuff that you can use but i still prefer the old-fashioned way actually
1: yeah i guess if you're gonna get like tiny bones out or whatever you have to be really careful and there's yeah uh, not really any other way to do it than no exactly a tiny spoon yeah (laughs) yeah
2: but what, what yeah it seems like you really like archaeology do you like teaching
3: I do like teaching. For me, it really depends on what form of teaching that I do. Like, I don't find lectures, for example, so engaging um, because you just don't have that sort of good communication with the students. I really like seminars um, and field schools, obviously, where you get to actually talk to the students and have discussions because that's when I feel like they're really engaged as well. Um, It can be really fun, I think. I mean, it's... It's, yeah, it's just a great way of getting to know students, I think. so mm. I do like it. But I'm not sure I'm a very good teacher. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, it's difficult because you want to engage them and you want the students to have fun. So they can. Yeah. They want to pay attention for a reason. and But you need to also be quite serious. And I think it's a r- really thin line between the two.
3: I think... Yeah, you do. But I, I also think the older I get, the more I realise that I can be less serious. Like, I think it's important not to take yourself too seriously. Yeah. Um, Because I remember when I started, I was only, I think I was 25 when I had my first lecture. And I remember feeling quite, you know, I was quite aware that I was young and a lot of students were the same age as me. And so I felt like I had to be really serious. But it sort of doesn't... I don't think that necessarily works. I think you have to be able to just be a bit more relaxed and sort of, yeah. I mean, you you have to make it interesting for them, right? Mm. Yeah, it is it,
0: hard. It is
3: a fine line to walk. I think
0: it is. It truly is. Last year, I had my first year of teaching, like uh, through it in an entire semester, and it was a bit intimidating because it was my first time as well. So (laughs) I really overprepared, I would say, for all the lectures. So it was kind of like I was following a manuscript and that didn't really feel (laughs) that well. Uh, But when we started this semester, uh, I basically didn't really practice at all (laughs) and just went out and with all these figures, I was drawing on the uh, chalkboard and having a bit more fun with it. And it seemed like the students really liked it.
3: That's great. I would love to be able to do that. (laughs) <laughs> I'm still I'm still very sort of um, tied to my notes, I think, because a lecture is so long as well. it's, yeah. it's a it's a long period of time to just be talking at someone, uh, which is another reason I like seminars because then the students have to talk. Um, but yeah, it's it's I would love to be that kind of teacher who could just sort of talk at the students, you know sort of speak more freely. I think that is a, is a really useful skill to have. But I think if I did that, I, just, I wouldn't get anything said. I don't think I'd remember anything that I was trying to teach them. <laughs> and obviously you want them to come away with something, right? So
2: how did you find uh, online teaching? Was it challenging for you?
3: Um, well, I, I, should also, I should say that I I didn't get... Uh, I didn't have to do a lot of the work that... Um, was involved with kind of going online that was a lot of the permanent stuff so <laughs> I think I probably had it quite easy um but it was it, it was challenging in the sense that it was it was quite tiring um we had a few because basically we had a course set up um already that very suddenly had to turn online and so it wasn't really enough time to adapt it properly so we ended up having several days of I think we had eight hours on zoom nine hours on zoom um which was it was exhausting and for some reason it's much harder than sort of doing nine hours in person I don't know um but I think we went surprisingly well I think both the teachers and students adapted really well um and sort of some things I think are easier to do online and in some cases you have a different I mean you sort of get to have a very different communication with the students, especially if you have small groups, because it's very direct. Um, But obviously also you might, I think it's easier to sort of lose sight of some students um, if you have big groups when they're online, because you can literally just turn off your camera and turn off the microphone and no one even knows if you're there. Um, so I think we've had exactly the same challenges as, as everyone else has been having going online, I think, um, but it has been surprisingly good. I mean, it's gone surprisingly well, I should say, Mm. um, but I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to keep doing it. And I know that the students are really starting to struggle now. Like it's, I think in the beginning it was sort of fine and everyone was just sort of getting on with it. Um. But now it's, it's been a long time and the students are tired, especially yeah. the first years, because I mean they don't really see each other or, it's not you fun. know, they don't get to have any of that regular interaction, right?
0: No, I mean, I'm teaching second year students now this year. Uh, so they when they were first year students, they started online teaching, so they haven't had too many physical classes. Um, But we kind of fought for our class to be physical, regardless of the situation in Norway. And we got a green light. So that's super good. Uh, We had to split the class in two, though. So they have... I mean, because there's a room capacity we can't exceed. Because every student has to have one meter apart. They have to wear masks. We also have to wear masks if we want to go in the system. Oh, really? Yeah, but there's a... I mean, I think the system kind of works. And I could really tell that the students really appreciated it. Yeah. I actually got a few emails even where they said, like, thank you for having it physical. It's so much better. So I guess they were tired as well.
3: I think so. And I think you really have to weigh up the costs, right, of, of having to... Yeah, I mean, it, I think it's very difficult. I think doing it that way is probably the best way. Uh, I know we, for a while had some, you know, I think half the class would be on Zoom, the other half would be in person and things like that. Yeah. Uh, just to have, you know, they have to have something that they can go to and, like, a reason to, I mm. don't um, get up in the morning and get <laughs> out of bed. I think we all need yeah. that, right? Yeah. Um, other people. It's really yeah, it's, it's Online teaching has been, it's been very strange. But I think it has also taught us a lot about, you know, different ways of doing things. There are some things that I would probably one to keep, or at least, you know, you're learning about different resources and things that you might actually use later. Mm.
1: Um,
3: it's just about, you know, having a, a balanced way of doing it, I guess.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I remember last year we also made, like, because <laughs> we were just trying to figure out new and fun ways for the students to actually learn stuff, because we felt like the online share the PowerPoint thing was a bit i mean we could we could really see that the students wasn't paying attention yeah so what we did is that we started a youtube channel <laughs> and we made uh, it wasn't too many videos i think we made like 3 uh where we showed like the most basic stuff that they were supposed to learn um i think
2: Martin you have to ad- advertise now your youtube channel youtube this, channel uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah I'm glad to find you there please like
0: and subscribe <laughs> you know i uh, I mean, I mean, I kinda want nobody to find the YouTube channel. It's uh, <laughs> it's a secret. <laughs> but you need but I, think, to... yeah,
3: sorry. I think that's a bit it, there's a there's a teaching technique or method called flipped classroom. Um, which oh. sounds a bit like that. I mean that's something I've always wanted to try. I've just never been in charge, so I can't do it. But it's basically where you you create um, sort of resources for the students to look at before a class. So you, you could either record a lecture or, you know, have a video um, or a podcast or something. And then instead of having the students come in for a lecture, they actually come in and discuss what they've already seen so that you actually use your time with them much more efficiently. Um, and I, I don't know, I mean, I know that that probably wouldn't work for all students, but I just feel like it's such it's such a good way of spending your time because Actually, no, I, I think that's do. what this online thing is shown, is that like, you can have these recorded lectures because they won't necessarily you know, learn anything more from having that lecture in person, but it's actually the discussion that you have afterwards that's useful. It's, and that's probably where they learn the most. I agree. I had a Norwegian
2: class last, not the previous semester, but the just when all this corona stuff started. And the teacher, she, um, she posted a um, presentation, PowerPoint presentation. She recorded uh, her voice for each slide uh, explaining all the, all the stuff. And then usually we, ha- we had two hours. And, but the online classes, they started like 45 minutes later. Uh, and yeah, so we had to go through the presentation that she posted. Until the, some some point, and then we met in the class, discussed uh, if we have any questions, um, ask her, and then we were just talking. So it was actually quite alright, and uh, I think it worked, and I think it's really good, to, um, to, to, like strategy to um, to to yeah to teach uh, students.
3: Yeah, and I think I you know I've had lectures where you know I'll finish five minutes before the lecture is supposed to end and so you only get five minutes to do questions and then you have to like really wrap it up quickly and it's not you know I don't think that's very engaging um and also if you give the students a bit more time to actually come up with things to ask then they might um benefit more from from that kind of teaching session I guess mm-hmm. so maybe one day like, if I'm ever in charge of teaching as it <laughs> I'll be
0: but you, uh, since you're in at the end of your PhD, do you have to teach now, or are you completely finished with teaching?
3: I yeah, basically. I mean, unless they suddenly spring something on me, I hope they won't. Um, but I had I've had the odd lecture. Um, but then it's usually I can sort of repeat or redo a lecture that I've done before, which is fine. Um, but no, I mean because it it just takes so long to to prepare for teaching. I think that
0: it's it would have
3: been a bit of a disaster if I had to do that now.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. it does.
2: Do you have any tricks how to prepare quickly to the lecture? No. No? <laughs> <laughs> right.
3: Uh, get, get old and get more experience. No, I honestly, this is one of my biggest problems, I think, is that it takes me so, so long to prepare for a lecture. But um, I would say, you know, have a, if, if you're the kind of person who needs like quite detailed notes have a really good plan before you even write your lecture like know exactly what it is you want to say because i i think you can spend so much time just sort of it's a bit like writing a paper you might go off on a tangent and then that doesn't work and, and whatever and i think you know you just don't have that much time to write these lectures so just know exactly what you want to say uh, beforehand and also, I mean it's never gonna be perfect. So just accept that it's gonna be it's gonna be okay. And I think you just get better at it, don't you, as, as you uh, progress.
1: Yeah, practice makes perfect. It does yeah. Yeah,
3: exactly. And also I uh, I use this phrase a lot, but fake it till you make it. Like I think Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think a lot of people will still get nervous about teaching and things, but but the students won't necessarily know that. And I think just sort of if you if you seem confident in what you're saying, they're gonna believe you.
0: Yeah, regardless. Obviously you should
3: know what you're saying.
0: I mean, <laughs> yeah. you can you just stand there and lie and they will believe you if you say <laughs> yeah. confident enough. Well,
3: to be fair, I think that's another thing I've had to really teach myself is that it's sort of like, don't be afraid to, to say when you don't know something, like you don't have to have the answers to everything. Um, I think it's sort of, there's a confidence in that as well. Yeah. yeah yeah no it's it's i think teaching is uh it takes a long time for most people and then young people who are just natural so they probably do it all really <laughs> what's the dog is it, is it the dog it's the dog it has this thing so i'm just giving her lots of truth. <laughs> um you will like tap her water until it's all empty and it's all on the floor <laughs> <laughs> uh it's very annoying she's
0: a very annoying dog <laughs> timestamp uh, water dog maybe that's it. yeah i think i don't know
3: hopefully you can edit that
0: out. it's probably okay i mean it's uh yeah,
3: just uh, leave just the blame it
2: on the, on the dog yeah, just leave the part when we're discussing a dog <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like w- what
0: you said fake it till you make it right
1: yeah
3: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she eats all her treats too quickly as well, so they don't really keep her occupied for long enough.
0: <laughs> I mean, another tip that I actually just learned as well is just to keep it as simple as possible. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like you have to in a way know your audience. So especially if you teach specialist students, don't think that you have to do it as um like you're talking to your peers. I mean it kind of mm-hmm. sounds a bit bad but just keep it as simple as possible just try to use normal words just keep it as simple as possible and it's actually more easy to remember everything you want to say as well.
3: Yeah and and I I remember someone telling me once that basically a student will only come away with about three things you know you'll be talking for four to five minutes but they won't remember most of that but so make sure that you have three points that you really want them to remember and then sort of hammer that in. Um, and i think that's it's good to remember because i i have a tendency to want to just sort of include everything that i can in one lecture but they're not going to remember all of that anyway so Mm. it's too much
1: yeah i guess try not to or not be afraid to underestimate your students or not underestimate them but but not be afraid to make it too easy because if something is too easy the students will probably just think oh yeah but i i know that yes i feel smart <laughs> i know this yeah. yeah i think
2: it's really good to keep st- students feel smart yeah and uh, though, you know they want to come back then
3: <laughs> and i think the worst thing you can do is try and make them feel dumb yeah,
2: um, yeah definitely.
3: you know because no one likes that feeling no. and i i mean i still feel that way and i i hate it exactly um but I think it can be quite hard. I, I, I've tried to sort of think about how do I, you know, because I've been giving anything from an undergraduate to a master's level lecture, and it's hard to know exactly how to distinguish them, like where, what level to to, put the lecture on, uh, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. I think that's, that can be quite difficult, because you don't know really what your students are going to be like, and you don't really necessarily know what they've already learned.
2: Hmm. Yeah, but so how I think, I think even really difficult and complicated stuff from physics could be explained in a really simple way. It doesn't make teachers or professors (coughs) more stupid. It just...
3: No, but I, I guess you also, you have to prepare them for the fact that some things will be difficult. Yeah, yeah you know and especially i mean sometimes they'll have uh, i sometimes try and make a point of you know if, I, if they've got the you know piece of reading or text that i find difficult then i will tell them i find this difficult it's not just you mm. um but but they still have to read it right they still have to actually work through that difficult text um but i think it's just important to let them know that it is difficult like you're supposed to struggle with this Yeah.
0: It's a bit weird because I feel like some academic texts are difficult just because they want to sound smart. It's if you... <laughs> I hate that. Yeah, yes. it's just...
2: I think be simple. It should be applied for every sphere of the life, especially yeah, academic yeah. life. Presentations, papers, teaching should be simple. And yeah. not but fancy do you not words. find...
3: Like I read a lot of... Whenever I read stuff from like the seventies and eighties, and especially if it's in French, not that I read French, but if it's been translated <laughs> <in French. laughs> those are the most difficult texts. And it's taken me now five years to realize that they are just difficult. It's not, you know, me being dumb, I think. Um, they're just difficult texts and it's not necessarily a good sign. It doesn't mean that the person who wrote it was super clever. Um, I
0: think it's yes I think it's it used to be a trend, kind of. Mm, but you want yeah. to sound as smart as possible when you said something. Yeah. I mean, you can say anything. Quite, I mean, difficult. I guess it's like yeah. yeah. Today I clenched my thirst, which ate with H two O, and just saying I had a glass of water today.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, and it stops people from questioning you. I think you yeah. know if uh, if people are scared to to sound stupid, they're not going to question what you're saying, which is not what we want. In- in oh. academia, right? You want people to question what...
0: What discussion?
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, so I think it's... These kind of things are... Well, yeah, these are the kind of things that also come up, I guess, in, in seminars and these kind of conversations that you have with students, right? You don't really get that with you. I feel like I'm really hating on lectures. Um... <laughs> <laughs> lectures can be fine. They're just not... Yeah, they're not
1: my favorite. No, not the most fun. I agree.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it's all the administrative. Uh, ugh, Depends no. on the lecturer. Yeah. Everything around the lecture. It's not the lecture itself, it's just everything around it. It's just.
3: Yeah. Well, yeah, but the lecture itself as well. I mean, it's, it's hard to have a very engaging lecture, I think.
2: Yeah. I know if the lecturer is a charismatic person. Yeah. will listen, I guess, and you, as soon as the uh, lecturer attracts uh, listeners. You, uh...
0: I thought you were going to say if the lecturer is attractive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh that helps too. <laughs> it helps too, yeah.
3: <laughs> I, uh, I remember a lecture in my undergrad where at the beginning the, the lecturer brought a bag of sweets and she went around and she said here have a sweet um, and i'm doing this so that you will remember the lecture because you're going to remember oh that was that lecture where uh, where um, where you got a sweet and she's right i remember that we got sweets i don't remember what the lecture was about oh, wow. <laughs> so you know i think it's uh yeah don't try too hard <laughs> to get memorable right Then you end up focusing on the wrong thing
0: Mm. Yeah, very true.
2: It was a distraction, I think. Maybe on purpose, though.
1: With the sweets. could work if you use the sweets as a metaphor for something that you talk about. I agree. Like Mm. this caramel is a chamber of the volcano or something. Oh, Mm. that that would work. Mm. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Maybe this lecture was very bad and she wanted to distract us from that. (laughs) (laughs) It's
0: possible, yeah. Mm. (laughs) Remember we once had a quiz... Uh, we're asking questions about the things that we just have learned. And I never seen the students that eager because the thing that they could win was a bar of chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> and usually those things that we had on the quiz, they actually remembered through the entire semester. Especially the guy who won, though. But, I mean. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> I love quizzes. As soon as uh, lecture interactive, and like, especially the quizzes or videos or gifs or something they got
3: me yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. i think it's it's finding the the right thing and also using it the right amount i guess which is that's the trick right how do you even know what that is
1: i think variation is important a Mm, bit of fun definitely yeah a bit but not too much
3: oh i made some jokes that didn't work out really well. <laughs> and then it's very embarrassing it's very hard to to keep focused then because you're like ah, oh, that was that was <laughs> embarrassing they're gonna remember that
2: it's probably <laughs> so hard to joke when you're online so oh, so you uh, are only one person who is talking everyone is muted and then you have to Joke, and then you don't really hear anything, any no no reaction from the class, and then you feel so stupid. It's like are they really listening? And
3: you never. Yeah, that's true. You don't get any response online. That's very hard. Mm -hmm. I think I would always. I mean, I'd always try and get the students to have their cameras on, but I know that most people don't want to, and that's. I mean, you can't force them, right?
2: No, but you're studying for yourself, not for teachers, so no?
3: Yeah. So
2: if you are not there, if your camera is off, if you are not listening, that's kinda your problem now.
3: Well, I think it's odd because I mean that this some of the reasons the students give are you know, it seems you know, oh they don't want people to see them, but if they were there in person, everyone would see them. Yeah. Right? So it's uh yeah it's a bit frustrating but i i get it they don't necessarily want you to see their home and whatever Mm. or maybe none of them are actually there (laughs) (laughs) i mean it has occurred to me that maybe they're just not actually um present they just log in and then
2: leave yeah but then the camera could be on as well and they could do whatever they want to do
3: you know Yeah, but at least you
0: have to be sort of in front of the camera, right? Yeah. I remember once I asked the students to have the camera on. It was right after Easter. So it was a bit warm outside. You know, the sun Mm. was shining. It was warm. And then there was suddenly this guy who was sitting out on a porch uh, without the (laughs) T-shirt. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and then suddenly, he just had a beer in his hand. <laughs> oh, but I couldn't like I couldn't be mad at him because I was kind of jealous. Uh, so yeah, that <laughs> yeah, was fine.
3: But maybe I don't think you as a teacher could do that. I was... No, <laughs> no,
0: I guess that's a bit too unserious. Maybe.
2: <laughs> maybe it's actually nice uh, in the beginning of the class or in the end of the class. Mm. Just uh, say, let's just uh, turn on the camera like to say hi to each other and then if you're not comfortable with that you could turn it off turn it off i don't know some kind of is there a trick will it work will they interact more
3: yeah i don't know i i definitely find that if they do have the cameras on they interact a lot like the interaction between them is better as well like it's a completely different um what do you call it setting i guess a different feel to the whole yeah. Um, Show us your animals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, sure. But yeah, hopefully, I mean, we won't have to do the online teaching for very much longer. Mm,
0: fingers crossed. Oh, yeah,
3: oh,
0: yeah. 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 I wanna say thank you for joining us for this uh, yeah. teaching conversation. Thank you for having
1: light. me. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any last uh, take-home message?
3: I'm get well. I have advice that I should take myself. I guess, which is just to have fun with it. I think it's easy to forget, but I, but I think that the students really know if you're having fun and you're enjoying what you're doing, um, and it rubs off. Right? if you actually like what you're teaching, then I think the students will like it too. Mm-hmm.
1: Good advice. I think so. Smile to the students and the students will smile back. (laughs) Well, that's that's definitely not true.
0: (laughs) Tell as many jokes as you can all the time. (laughs) They will laugh.
1: (laughs) Thank you for listening. If you have any questions or stories you would like to share, please send us an email at phdrapsody at gmail.com.
0: Yes, and please follow us on social media such as Twitter and Instagram. Bye
1: bye bye Пока.